Ross and Lydia, thank you so much for being willing to be part of our conversation series over July. Can I just say it's really good to see you, to actually see you, not be looking at you on a screen, mm-hmm. not be waving at you from a distance. It's really good to see you. And Ross, thank you for letting us come into your home. Um, Welcome. I think we've been really struck um, that essential. we haven't been meeting, but we've still been doing central. We've still mm-hmm. been figuring out how to, we follow Jesus, how our faith uh, interlinks into mm-hmm. how we've been living this. And I just I suppose I want to hear about how you mm-hmm. found the last couple of months and, and even now, how you're finding it now. So before I start, you're, I know you're both a leadership team with me at Central, <laughs> but tell us a bit more about yourselves. I'm Ross. I am 33 years old. I'm Ooh. from Whitehead originally, but I've obviously bought a house in East Belfast. Um, and I've been a doctor for 10 years and a GP for five years lived in New Zealand for a year and then I've been back in Belfast for the last three years and joined Central on the first night that it started. Did you? Yeah, yeah, in the Mac and then yeah, being on a leadership team for the last couple of years heading up communities so that's me. Brilliant, lovely. Uh, I'm Lydia and I am a youth worker in Belfast. I work for Belfast YMCA and yeah most of our work is in East Belfast so I'll talk a wee bit about that. Um, in a bit, but yeah, I live in East Belfast. Jamie and I moved at the start of lockdown, so that was an interesting first week to to lockdown, moving house. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. But yours is very interesting. I don't, there's not much else to say. Right, right. So Ross, uh, it's been a mad time for GPs. Mm. Um, how? Tell us about, especially those initial few weeks of lockdown. How did you find it? So initially, when it started. Um, there was a lot of apprehension there. The the figures that were coming out of how bad it was going to be was was quite overwhelming. As um, GPs, I work for the GP rescue team. We go and help uh, GP practices that are struggling. And we were initially going to be redeployed, possibly into A&E, possibly into uh, COVID wards. Um, when they were talking about tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. um, dying, it was obviously a very scary time and it was, yeah, there was a lot of unknowns and there was a lot of debate about how we should, um, you know, tackle it. So the first few weeks were, were quite anxious, quite stressy. Um, and then it obviously became quite clear that Northern Ireland was doing quite well and um, that all those sorts of things, like worst case scenario, things weren't going to happen. And I ended up um, actually not working as much as I thought I was going to um, because all GPs were called in to, to not take any annual leave anymore, which means as, as someone who's usually filling gaps of where there are gaps, um, it meant that there, there wasn't as much work for me to do. So I actually found the first wee while very good, <laughs> I can't deny, because um, you know, we were getting clapped out in the street and... Uh, You're sitting with your feet up. <laughs> <laughs> Reading a lot more, exercising a lot more, eating well. I, I found I found uh, the start of COVID quite good, actually. How did you find... Um, how did you find that? I mean, I think it was there was a fantastic appreciation mm. for key workers and yeah. for those in the NHS. And it was lovely for to have a way to say thank you. But how, how did you find being on the receiving end of that? I find it. I did find it quite awkward because some of our neighbours would come down and clap us specifically because they knew that Andy and I were, were medics. Um, 
<laughs> so I, I felt kind of a bit guilty, um, but also that there were, there were other people who were doing amazing jobs as well. Um, and, and then they did make it for all key workers rather than just NHS, so I found out a bit better. But mm. I guess all uh, country coming together and, and all that, you did get a few goosebumps the first few times it happened, and then eventually you were just like... Oh. <laughs> were you ready for it to end oh absolutely ten, ten <laughs> weeks ten weeks was definitely enough but uh, oh no I, I do think the spirit of it was really good um mm. and um you know I was clapping out clapping the people who actually deserved it yeah uh, has this changed how you are or how you will be a GP do you think it's it's massively changed GP um we are now doing mainly telephone triage um, and so I would have been seeing 30, 35 people a day um, and now I'm maybe seeing a couple of people a day and it's all on the phone, mm. which is very tiring. But lots of things have come through that they wanted. Um, so they wanted to get uh, video consults and that sort of thing. And they just somehow just happened overnight when this when this um, you know coronavirus came. So GP will probably never be the same again. Um, and we're working in very different ways. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens yeah. with the vaccine, etc. Lydia, you've had a really different couple of months um, yes. for you. Your uh, work journey has been really different. Um, before COVID, tell us a wee bit about what a typical week would have been like. Okay. Yes, typical week is in and out of schools in East Belfast. So the main area of my work is delivering projects um, to kind of junior school, first to third year. Um, in a number of schools out east so yeah most days I'd be out in schools if not in the office planning um, for evening programs or for residentials I guess if we're talking right now I would have been in a residential with 30 young people so maybe lockdown maybe it's a blessing <laughs> in disguise I don't know although I do miss it I do genuinely it's one of my most loathed going on residential but most like favourite time and um, spend time with young people so yeah, would have been really busy at this time. Also, we were planning to take a team to Ethiopia. So that was a lot of my time was taken up um, before kind of planning fundraisers or um, getting the team together, organising that. And yeah, I hate my words because some parents were anxious at the start of it. Um, like kind of whenever coronavirus, the word came around and I just rolled my eyes and we're like, I'll be fine, we'll be there. No, <laughs> there's no way. Can you imagine traveling to Ethiopia in a couple of weeks? Um, so yeah, all yeah. total shift. So um, when lockdown happened, I guess it was whenever schools shut, that was kind of, that was our work kind of stopped. Um, so I guess if you were in a, I know youth workers that are working through because they're kind of drop-in setting um, and kind of have more of a long-term relationship with with the same young people throughout years, our work's just a bit different. So once the school's shut, and then you know residentials weren't happening in the summer then we were we were shut so yeah I have been furloughed for a long I said it has been a long time time. (laughs) it has how have you found that how has it been being on furlough it's been really nice it has been really good um really chilled and it's been so nice just taking time to relax a lot more time to reflect to read um yeah, and as of late, like seeing seeing people, seeing family and friends, which has been really really nice. Um, kind of feels like a big holiday, which is great, but there is a bit of guilt. And I was saying this before, like around maybe I haven't been productive enough, or looking back, things could have been. I guess I could have made a bit more effort. 
Um, but it was good at the start. The start started well in terms of like having a good routine and it was kind of that phase, you know, where everybody was on Instagram, like, look at what I've made, look at what I've baked. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do all that. And it felt really good. And then maybe I'm the only one, but as it's gone on, <laughs> that is that has stopped. Um, so yeah, the routine's kind of, um, I need I need work um, for a bit of a routine because I don't have to get up and go to to continue with what the start was like, I guess. Do you, what impact do you think this has had on young people? Because there mm-hmm. has been a withdrawal of services or withdrawal of support, mm-hmm. and and there's and there has been quite significant chat about that and about the implications of this for young people. What's what's your sense? Yeah, I'm a wee bit mixed. I think young people are more resilient, maybe than we give them credit for, um, and in some ways, maybe. Oh, you know it's t- it's two two ways it's obviously going to impact them and has done um but i think that they are resilient and will come back from it um really well but i do worry i guess about kind of the long-term social um implications just not socializing and already whenever young people it's a push i find anyway for young people to sign up to a program um whenever we're, rec- we're recruiting for programs it's really hard particularly amongst like males to get them involved so um just because people are at home and they're on their phone and they've got that sort of area of contact with their friends so actually pushing themselves to sign up to programs or get involved in something outside the order like their normal yeah. routine yeah. so I'm a wee bit worried I don't know whenever things start up again programs will they Will they take it up, the offer up, or it could be the flip side where they'll be gagging to get out yeah. and doing something, yeah. something new, and mm-hmm. um, don't know what way it'll go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross, I know that. I mean, you talked about you. Uh, there's been times over this where you've had a wee bit of time and mm-hmm. you've been had space to read and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Is there one book that stands out in particular? Yeah. So um, at the start of lockdown, when it, uh, yeah, I was, I was. Uh, getting a lot more time than I thought. I started reading uh, John Mark Comer, Garden City. So everyone was reading the, the hurry one, but um, I wasn't in a hurry. So <laughs> <laughs> I decided to read the Garden City one, which I hadn't done before. Um, and I just find it really helpful. Um, just, um, he, you know, he talks about how, uh, as Christians, we often separate um, our uh, spiritual life from other aspects of our life. Uh, so, for example, your work or family or relationships and then your spiritual life is your God bet. And, and he challenges that by, you know, saying that um, all parts of your life are your spiritual mm-hmm. life. So the initial uh, calling was that we should go out into the world and subdue it and cultivate it. So that, that includes everything you do. Um, and I find that really freeing uh, during lockdown that just to rediscover that, that even the simple things that I was mm-hmm. doing can be glorifying to God. So it actually, I find myself... Um, things I felt that I um, needed to do, um, I would say for my um, mental well-being, I you know I claimed I needed to do those on a day-to-day basis, and I wasn't able to do them, like go to a coffee shop every day. Um, <laughs> I found that I didn't actually need those, and I think that I had just kind of been putting on that front when actually just even I found the simple kind of mundane things I was doing day-to-day with with that mindset, you know, um, reset that. Um, everything is glorifying to God and your whole mm-hmm. life is your spiritual life. I just find that really encouraging during lockdown and, and really helpful. So that, like I love that whole life living, that mm-hmm. kind of phrase. How have you been trying to embrace that or practice that or yeah. 
maybe I don't know if it's even an intention or a posture. Yeah, it, it has been. So it's it's been a reminder because I'm I'm reading the book most days, and then you're you're constantly reminded to do it. So let's see how that goes over the next few months yeah. when when work is a lot harder. But I, you know, it has been. It's also been rediscovering that some things that I enjoy doing, like uh, like singing in my house or dancing around this place, um, <laughs> those things, those simple things, you know, they can be glorifying to God. So it's it's been just enjoying more simple things. I'm just remembering that disastrous phone calls that you think you aren't getting anywhere with patients. That's that's you know mm. you know that whole thing of thinking that. Um, you know, if you're a pastor or a missionary, you're doing God's work, whereas we're just kind of making a bit of money so we can give to those people. That's not true. We we are as much building God's kingdom in, in our work. So that's been a great reminder as well, that trying to go into work and, and thinking that in that sense, rather than, you know, you're just working to get through. It's actually working to glorify God as well. So, well, I mean, there's been lots of hard things, I think, about not being able to gather and be church in the way that we think is typical. But I do wonder if it's kind of been a leveller in the sense of like, we do have to live this out on our Monday and our mm-hmm. Wednesday and our mm-hmm. Saturday and we can't hide behind a Sunday. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think as a church we ever were the kind of people to hide behind a Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I think there's been an emphasis of, you know, as we're working, as we're living, yeah. as we're sharing lives, we're living out our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lydia, what about you? What if what's provoked you during this time? What big questions <laughs> have you had? So many. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess this, it hit me, lockdown hit me harder than I thought it was going to. Because um, some people really, like, as I said, I have enjoyed it. I, I, mean, I did. The moments have been, there has been good moments. Um, but there also has been mm-hmm. some real lows. Um, and I guess it highlighted how, not that it's a surprise to realize how, how anxious I am as a person. Um, so yeah, just moments of, of anxiety throughout it, um, which I'm sure loads of people had because your kind of life is, is shaken up. Well, mine, because work wasn't there and, you know, everything that, that I do is social. So, um, and it's really important for me and Jamie to be social and to live our lives with other people. And whenever you're not allowed to see people, whenever like coffee shops, bars, the places that we go are shut, like, you know, it's strange. Um, and it wasn't so much, yes, work being away, but I think I struggled with the social implications of all that being taken away. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was anxious, loads of anxious moments. And I think the one the one big question uh, that I kind of was dwelling on, oh, there's been so, like, I look through my journal and I love that I've done it throughout this period because there's just been so many different mm-hmm. things I've been processing, but I kind of had a freak out around nothing is certain, which is a bit grim um, and it is a bit horrible to think about but just with friends going through difficult times through this um, this is probably one of the hardest kind of phases of my life as well um, just with all that stripped away I was just like oh my goodness nothing is certain nothing is for sure you know we found a future to me and Jamie a future and what it's going to look like and then even just this tiny little thing of it's not going to plan so I was just like there's no guarantees um, so yeah, that that was my going around my head, um, and yes, I had to like make God in that, um, and it was it was something joy. I was texting, we had a bit of a bad week, and was texting joy about it. So thanks to her, but she just reminded us of the um, just the verse of 
like he goes before us and his goodness and mercy follow. And that's been one that I have been really dwelling on, trying, still trying to process kind of, because we know the promise, so he goes before us and that's nice. Um, but sometimes the goodness and mercy bit, I just like flip, I really want the goodness bit. Um, even though God is before us and he's promised in, himself and um, yeah, and I'm just like, no, but I want the good bit. And I guess it's only hindsight. It's only when you go through the, the crap time that you see the goodness um, on the other side. But yeah, that has been my big lesson is just trying to remember that God is the only guarantee and he offers us himself and that is enough. Mm-hmm. And so all the stripping away of normal life, you know, that's kind of revealed again that he is enough and he's the only guarantee. So that's my big one. And, and so then I suppose as we look ahead and I just think next couple of months there's just loads more change mm-hmm. happening. That whole God himself, mm. what what what? What difference does that make? What what perspective do you think that carries for you? Well, I don't know. I'm, trying, I'm still working like practically because you know you you study, you follow Jesus, and you know we're practical people. So you're like right, we're practically changes I have to make. What I do for this one, I think it's just a bottom line faith, and it's just what does faith look like? Um, and because guess church and all this stuff has been taken and can't wait for it to come back but it's just been a okay what's the baseline here um what is your faith and it's recognizing that God offers himself um and choosing to believe that every day so I don't know practically how it's gonna like what my day-to-day is gonna look like or whether it's gonna be different but um it's been a nice reminder or I guess yeah coming to terms with that again of, of what the baseline is for for faith okay thank you both um it's just I, I think there's something important about reflecting and and i i just i'm a real believer that conversations change us actually and um uh and just the importance of actually sharing because i think we all carried a slightly different perspective on this and therefore it's really important to kind of hear that and mm. listen to that uh, i, I want to finish off these com- my last question ross i'm going to ask you is is there a passage that has really kind of journeyed with you or stayed with you during this time and i'd love as we just begin to wrap up this conversation if you would read it to us yeah. but maybe tell us first why why the why are you picking this one so i guess it leading on um from what i was talking about um in Garden City about um, you know what we're meant to do um, and what we're called to do um, I guess it, it, it's very easy in the church to think that separation between your spiritual life and, and all the rest of your life and that you're meant to go to work and make some money to help people in the church and then tell people about Jesus um, whereas I was I was talking through with uh, Dave about this um, during lockdown and um, we were talking about the um, the commission in, in John's gospel. Um, so I'll, I'll read that and then talk a bit about it, if that's all right. So this is from John 20, and it's 19 to 22. And it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed in them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So it's just that 
challenge. That's her commission. It says there, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. So what does that mean? Well, well how was Jesus sent? Um, he, he worked as some sort of a tradesperson. He had friends and family and he, he loved people who were difficult to love. And um, he learned scriptures and um, he taught people and he, you know, he listened and he served. So it's not just, uh, you know, work and have these separate parts of your life. It's he's sending us as the Father sent him. So in every aspect of our life, we can we can glorify God by, by being like Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, thank you for joining us in our conversations this Sunday. I, I hope that as uh, we've all shared, there's little bits that overlap maybe with your experience um, of lockdown and, and what this time has been like. And, and we've been wrestling with four questions and I would love to just throw them out and invite you to talk about them, wrestle with them, journey journal them over July. Because um, our heart in this series as we talk is to to find God, to know God, to know his presence and to be people who are living that out with wisdom. So the four questions I have, um, what have, have you learned about yourself during this time? What have you learned about yourself? What big questions has it provoked? What big questions has it provoked? What have you learned or relearned about God during this time? And the last one, what do you want to carry into the next season of living in the midst of this? What do you want to carry into the next season of living? So over this month, maybe you take one each week, maybe you discuss them again and again over this month, but take time to reflect on this to, so that you can notice what God is and what God has been doing, is doing and continues to be doing. Thank you for joining with us this Sunday.